Welcome to Grow Opportunity, the podcast, featuring conversations with Canadian cannabis industry experts. This podcast addresses numerous facets of the commercial cannabis marketplace, from plant health and cultivation to testing, extraction, and distribution. Visit growopportunity.ca to subscribe to our print and digital media platform. Hello and welcome to Grow Opportunity, the podcast. I'm your host, Haley Nagasaki, editor of Grow Opportunity magazine. And today I'd like to welcome our guest, Deepak Anand. And Deepak is the head of international consulting for Gateway Proven Strategies. He does tons of other things in the, the industry, wears many hats. And uh, yeah, Deepak, thanks for joining me. I'd like to welcome you here today. Thanks for having me, Haley. No problem. It's been a while since we've chatted. And I feel like there's a few things I want to pick your brain about, uh, some updates that I'd love to ask about. It's a new year. You've got your finger on the pulse of this industry, both domestically, internationally. Uh, I want to discuss what you've been up to lately. And um, so since it's the end of January and, and Lyft just passed, um, you are on the Lyft advisory board. So I wanted to ask about your experience there. How was, how was the conference this year? Yeah, look, I think, uh, you know, uh, just like the Canadian cannabis industry, you know, cannabis conferences are also kind of, you know, really figuring out who they are and what they stand for. And so I think at Lyft, um, as you know, folks might be aware, the last conference in Toronto was really the first time that the new entity that ended up purchasing Lyft from the legacy kind of uh, participants really sort of, you know, started getting out there. I think Vancouver was the real first show that this new management team uh, was able to put up and, and start to really get an understanding of the industry. I think it was really well attended. Uh, I think Lyft Vancouver really showcased that there was a serious interest on behalf of the industry to 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 be attending trade shows. And so, you know, I think that it was it was really well attended. And I think more importantly, it was really served the purpose to be able to get the cannabis community and, and businesses and, you know, together uh, to be able to, you know, discuss uh, a lot of the issues that the industry is facing. So I think it was it was a well-attended event. It was much needed. I think, uh, you know, Vancouver hadn't had a Lyft conference in over three years. So coming back after a very long time uh, post-COVID was uh, certainly an interesting piece and 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 much appreciated and, and well-attended by industry. That's fantastic. And I know that you're also on the advisory board for MJ Biz. Uh, do you have any other travel plans this year? Any international events that you might be attending or speaking at? Yeah, quite a few uh, travel plans in 23. Uh, there's ICBC happening in, um, you know, in, in Barcelona as well as in Berlin. We'll be attending that. There is, you know, the Prohibition Partners Cannabis Europa event happening in, in London later in the year. So we'll be attending that as well. But yeah, there's, there's a few international events taking place. And of course, MJ Biz uh, happening, you know, every year as it does in November. And then Lyft actually is also putting together a conference in the U.S. looking at the U.S. market. So they're actually taking the brand south. Uh, it'll be coming up uh, in San Francisco here in a couple of months. So, yeah, quite a few different uh, events planned. And, yeah, I mean, Lyft Toronto also uh, later this year. So, yeah, there'll be, there'll be a few events. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's great to hear that Lyft is going to the U.S. Um, I think that's great. I think it's great for Canada. You know, it's really important because, you know, I think that, you know, we don't want a lot of U.S. shows coming up because there's there's a little bit of a disconnect in the culture. And I think we saw this earlier on, as much as I do sit on the, you know, the advisory board of MJ Biz. I think MJ Biz was for a period of time trying to do the international component. And it's very different, right? I mean, uh, I think what they have in the U.S. is 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 truly world class and well attended. But I think there is, you know, each market actually has its own unique kind of quirks and unique needs. And I think that, you know, much like many other things, I don't think we need an invasion of uh, you know, U.S. or international conferences coming to Canada. And I think Lyft in Vancouver really showcased that there was a need for a, you know, a conference or an event to be held 
uh, showcasing domestic talent and produced by people that are, uh, you know, are predominantly within the cannabis industry in Canada. So to be able to have an advisory board, you know, myself on it, there's uh, David Brown from StratCan on it and a few others. I think it was very important to have, uh, you know, people that are involved in the industry in Canada uh, advising uh, the organizers on, you know, what 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 is different about the Canadian market. So it was great to be able to see that and have that. And I think it just demonstrated that, you know, the need for a conference in, you know, in, in Vancouver and Canada, because, you know, as much as the industry is going through a bit of turmoil, I think that there are many things that are happening well. There are many companies that are actually being successful uh, today, despite the regulatory issues, despite a number of issues that are actually, you know, doing a great job of, uh, of just working within the existing framework. And so it was, it was good to be able to showcase that. But I think there's a real need for domestic uh, kind of events and, and people that truly understand the market. Yeah. I agree with you. That sounds fantastic. And um, just I want to dig into some of the more specifics. So we're talking, I know that you speak a lot at events and what are some of the co the topics that you cover most? And I also want to discuss later, uh, just some, some more of the major trends that are going on in Canada. Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, uh, typically, I think, you know, regulatory kind of what's happening on the regulations is always of interest because, you know, the industry is severely hamstrung by a lot of the taxation issues that the government of Canada currently has imposed on the industry. So that's always a hot topic. I think the legislative review that's happening of the Cannabis Act is always interesting and people are always wondering what's going on with that. Uh, I think the international aspect is, is also very interesting. We've seen reporting from a number of these international companies around, um, you know, uh, international sales being a pretty big component now of their total revenue, whether it be markets like Israel or Europe is is or Australia is a lot of is of a lot of interest to the audience. So I'd say those are the big themes that are occurring, uh, and that's some of the things that I was speaking about. But that's generally what the industry is, is very interested in uh, that are going on. Yeah, for sure. And um, I can speak to that as well. I mean, in terms of events, we have some virtual events coming up. Um, and we the first one is on uh, labs and cannabis testing. And so we, we do want to have that international perspective as well. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is that what's going on with the inflated THC markers in Canada? And like, can you comment on that at all? And what sort of the implications of this are? For sure. I mean, I, you know, I think lab shopping is something that has been going on in the industry for a while. And for those that might not be familiar, it's basically, uh, you know, basically some producers or, or cultivators might uh, go to different labs in hopes of getting different test results. And you've certainly seen quite a varying degree of difference, particularly as it relates to THC percent between labs. And sometimes there is a big difference that that you will get either in the wholesale market or in the retail market when you look at a 21% THC as opposed to maybe a 23% THC. So even though it might just be two percentage point differences, sometimes the the premium that you'd be able to command for a higher THC product is quite significant. And so it has unfortunately been something that has been going around the industry. I know you have a, an amazing panel that's going to be chatting about this, but I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's something that has been going on in the industry, not only in Canada, but also in the U.S. And so lab shopping is a thing and, and people are have certainly been trying to look at that from a results perspective and, and try and do that. So I think, you know, more regulatory oversight, perhaps from Health Canada to be able to look at how serious the issue is, how are people qualifying labs, are these labs actually just basically inflating THC results or is there is there a more systemic issue that's going on would be something that's you know would be very interesting but but it is a live issue in the industry as we as we as we currently set mm -hmm, it is and I uh, I hope that you'll uh, keep us updated on that for sure because I'd like to to hear as it unfolds but um is there still that crazy push for the high THC value is that still licensed producers are still um you know that's the main objective because that's what is being shopped around for by the OCS and other retailers 
Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it, it's still very much a live issue. I think it, it's not as bad as it was perhaps a year ago. I think the market generally is still very much a THC driven market. I think people are looking at the higher THC percentage as an indicator product they want to purchase. Uh, I don't know how long that will continue. We are starting to see the market shift a bit where people are starting to look at, you know, other things like terpenes, like, you know, other cannabinoids, et cetera. But we haven't fully shifted away from this high THC uh, market yet. For sure. And it's something that I, I do hope we see because just the the incredible wealth of, you know, the, the terpenes and, and all of the other amazing cannabinoids that are there and present, I think need to be appreciated. And I think it, it's a, you know, it's a point of education. Like that's one of the main, main things that we're seeing here. Um, but I also wanted to ask you because we discussed uh, last year, I guess we discussed the, um, the science advisory committee, the CBD becoming over the counter, um, and some other major topics. So I'm wondering if you have any updates on that. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, a couple of things. There's the scientific advisory committee that basically ended up presenting their results and their reports on CBD being regulated potentially as an over-the-counter national health product type product. Uh, I know that the, the department that's looking after that, which is the NNHPD department uh, within Health Canada, is certainly you know now starting to reach out and engage with the industry to really get their feedback on on you know what what a sort of a deregulated, if you will, CBD market in Canada would look like, and the best way to go about that. So there's certainly quite a bit of development on uh, on that side of things. I, I think the industry is for long for a long time being asking for CBD to be regulated a little bit different from THC. Of course, the current system doesn't differentiate between CBD and THC. They're treated identically, although we all know from a risk profile perspective, obviously THC is of much higher risk from an intoxication perspective than, than CBD is. So uh, certainly the results of that uh, that work will be interesting to see um, You know, in the next several months. I think we'll probably not hear anything till for another year, but uh, you know that will be interesting to see what comes out of the uh, uh, the NNHPD department that's currently tasked with uh, looking at the at the regulatory framework as it relates to CBD products over the counter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what about the Cannabis Act review summary? Is there any updates on that that I might not be aware of? Yeah, so quite a bit that's actually happening there. I'd say there's, there's a lot of progress there. Obviously, we've seen uh, post the consultation that was launched and closed, uh, the government's obviously formed, uh, you know, a bit of a task force that's been looking at, uh, you know, the review and the legislative review. Uh, I've been part of a few discussions with a few uh, of the panel members, just looking at different aspects. I sit on the board of Medical Cannabis Canada, and we've had the opportunity to now consult with the the task force, most most members of that task force, and. You know, they're certainly looking and understanding the issues. I don't think this is going to be a quick fix or a quick result that we'll hear back. And or should industry be overly optimistic around what this task force might report back? But nonetheless, it's a, an opportunity for an independent body to look at, you know, what's worked, what hasn't worked, what kind of needs to be changed in the industry uh, and provide its recommendations to government and then government, you know, look at potentially making some changes. Um, also, I know the results of this committee and the work that they're doing is is probably not going to be out for a little while. And the industry certainly has been beating the drum that they don't have a lot of time to wait. I mean, Dan Sutton, for example, and others and C3 have always been saying and talking about the taxation element and the excise tax issue. And I don't think that will be solved anytime soon. However, uh, you know, uh, the, the committee is very much looking at all of those issues and is engaging with stakeholders now and having discussions with both industry uh, profit and for-profit and not-for-profit groups around, uh, you know, just really understanding all the issues around the regulations and the act itself and 
uh, perhaps making some recommendations on what might, might need to be changed to government. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, great. Um, so then veering a little bit away from cannabis, then uh, there's a lot of changes happening with uh, psilocybin in, uh, in particular. I actually published an article today um, with uh, the CEO of Theracil and we were discussing, you know, they had mm. just been, yeah, they had just been in, uh, in Ottawa lobbying in November. They'll be returning yes. to Parliament Hill on February 16th. So um, do you have any comments on that? I'm, I'm wondering with, uh, in terms of Health Canada predictions or, or regulatory reform on uh, overturning psilocybin prohibition? Yeah, so I know Spencer and his team at Parasol have been kind of really working on uh, potentially uh, the IRA actually launching a Charlotte Challenge, uh, and that's not too dissimilar to the way that uh, the regulations in, in cannabis side kind of evolved over time. It's unfortunate to see that, you know, Health Canada is not taking a proactive approach to this, uh, I, but I also think equally the industry on the psilocybin side really hasn't done a lot of favors. I think we've had some issues with MAPS Canada specifically. We've had, uh, you know, some some other issues that the industry has not perhaps you know created the best system to be able to conduct some of these trials and perform some of these therapy therapeutic uh, and therapy sessions with patients who are already vulnerable and you know, there's been some some uh, some issues with that so I think that you know the regulator of course is is looking at it much more cautiously however I think that you know to, to deny patients that find benefit from psilocybin and other of uh, those compounds I think is is a challenge and you know, hopefully Health Canada will be a little bit more proactive and, and allow, you know, practitioners to start to look at more openly kind of prescribing these products as opposed to having to go down a charter shallow route. So I think it will be interesting to see what, what happens there. But, you know, again, uh, huge thanks to Spencer and the Terrasil team for the work they're putting in on behalf of Canadians, because it is a very important cause. And, um, you know, and that obviously needs to needs to continue. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Um, where else does this industry have its sights set in terms of whether it's just cannabis source or uh, the larger umbrella of, umbrella of psychedelics? Yeah, look, I mean, you know, I think the big thing here is Canada is, as it stands today, a global leader to cannabis, right? We're the largest exporter of medical cannabis on a global scale. Um, and, you know, it, it's because we've done things right. And, you know, we have gotten a number of these facilities and regulations and everything else you know, sorted out correctly. I think we are currently the only, still the only G7 country to have legalized cannabis at a federal level, which is a pretty significant uh, step. And I think it's very, very often overlooked amongst all the challenges that we see in the industry. But, you know, countries like Germany, et cetera, are still having challenges rolling out legislation because it isn't as easy as you, as they perhaps thought. And of course, Germany has a different issue because they're part of the European Union and that comes with additional issues. Uh, but I think, you know, the key theme here is that we're still very much a global leader. I think we risk losing that position very quickly if we don't uh, fix things that 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 the system needs fixed, uh, whether it be taxation, whether it be profitability for some of these companies, et cetera. But uh, nonetheless, we, as it stands today, are still a leader as it relates to the export of medical cannabis. So I think it's something that the government of Canada should look at quite proudly. Um, and, you know, we're not often known for very much, but certainly on a global scale, but but certainly on, on, on cannabis, specifically medical cannabis, we're quite quite well known and, and are the leaders that currently stand. So I think that's another issue um that 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 is pretty important to to consider. And it's just something that the industry is again working on uh with government to be able to kind of you know expand further as, as more and more countries legalize cannabis for medical purposes. Yeah, thank you. And I appreciate that you mentioned that it's something that we should be proud of. And, you know, the government and Health Canada and, you know, we should all sort of be helping this uh, move forward as we are an incredible leader. And so I do also want to thank you for the work that you do in the space 
um, and the connections that you have and the and all of the knowledge and, and that you offer. So yeah, I appreciate that so much. And uh, we hope we get to hang out again soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in today. If you haven't already, check out our latest issue on growopportunity.ca, where you might also subscribe to our weekly e-newsletter. Be sure to give us a follow on social. And again, I'm your host, Haley Nagasaki. We'll see you next time.